Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law. The People C. Appellant, V. Reginald Goldman, Respondent. Robert C. McIver, for Appellant. Alexandra L. Mitter, for Respondent. DeFiori, Chief Judge. In matter of A-Bay, 56 NY2D 288, 1982, we sanctioned the use of a search warrant pursuant to Corporal Article 690 for the seizure of corporeal evidence from an uncharged suspect. Since the seizure required a bodily intrusion, the court, using a Fourth Amendment reasonableness analysis, set forth a three-prong standard, requiring the people to demonstrate probable cause to believe the individual committed the crime, a clear indication that material and relevant evidence will be found, and that the means of obtaining the evidence is, safe and reliable. We explained that, in balancing the need for a search warrant against any unwarranted intrusion, a court, must weigh the seriousness of the crime, the importance of the evidence to the investigation and the unavailability of less intrusive means of obtaining it, on the one hand, against concern for the suspect's constitutional right to be free from bodily intrusion on the other id. At 291. Generally, when the corporeal evidence sought is not subject to alteration or destruction, there is no exigency and the search warrant application must be brought on notice to the suspect see id. At 295-296. The primary issue presented by this appeal is whether ABE and the constitutional right against unreasonable search and seizure requires that, prior to a neutral magistrate's issuance of a search warrant to obtain DNA evidence from a suspect's body by buckle swab, a suspect must receive, in addition to notice and the opportunity to be heard, discovery as to the demonstration of the probable cause in the warrant application and an adversarial hearing. We hold that there was no violation of any constitutional rights, as defendant, provided with an opportunity to be heard on the issuance of the warrant, directed no argument to the magistrate as to the reasonable nature of the bodily intrusion sought. I. Defendant was a member of Young Uptown Boys, YUB, a subset of a larger Bronx crew, Young Gunners, YG. At 12.40 a.m. on August 14, 2010, defendant and three other individuals drove into a rival crew's territory and defendant, exiting the front passenger seat of a vehicle, shot and killed the 16-year-old victim, who happened to be standing outside a residential building. The shooting was captured on surveillance video, and depicted a gold Nissan Maxima, occupied by four individuals. The shooter's identity could not be determined from the surveillance footage. However, two days after the homicide, police located the driver of the vehicle, KG, who later became a cooperating witness and identified defendant as the shooter. KG's vehicle was seized and processed for DNA evidence. The Office of the Chief Medical Examiner, OCME, tested the evidence and generated DNA profiles, including an unknown profile from male donor A on a sample taken from the interior front passenger seat door handle and a mixture of DNA from the front passenger armrest handle. In the meantime, the police obtained surveillance footage from defendant's apartment building, recorded minutes after the shooting, corroborating KG's narrative that the four occupants of the gold Maxima went to the building after the shooting. 
On January 31, 2012, the people sought a search warrant to obtain a saliva sample for DNA testing from defendant, who was in custody in Rikers Island on unrelated charges. The supporting affidavit, submitted by the investigating officer, alleged that, based on surveillance footage and information provided by known witnesses based on their direct knowledge, defendant was the shooter who exited the front passenger seat of the Maxima and killed the victim. The application sought an exemplar of defendant's DNA for comparison to the DNA profiles the lab generated from the samples taken from the front passenger area of the Maxima, as evidence of his commission of the murder. The affidavit alleged that a police officer would take the saliva sample and deliver it to OCMEN, citing to ABE and other case law, represented that the method of seizure is safe and reliable. The people notified counsel who was representing defendant on the unrelated charges of the pending application and that attorney appeared at the hearing on defendant's behalf. At that time, the court noted that, although the people, elected to notify the defense counsel, of the search warrant application, this is an ex-party application. The court observed that during the proceeding the cooperating witness in this murder investigation would likely be identified on the record, making it, anomalous, that defense counsel would be present. Nonetheless, the court stated that it would, allow defense counsel to make your objection to the substantive issues. Based on ABE, counsel argued that, where, as here, there is no exigency in the seizure of the DNA evidence, Due process required that a suspect be given notice and an opportunity to challenge the search warrant, before his constitutional right to be let alone may be infringed. Notwithstanding the absence of an accusatory instrument, defense counsel also asserted that the discovery procedure under former Corporal 240.40 should apply, and that he should be permitted to review the warrant application, even if it was only a redacted copy. Counsel directed no argument to either the safety, reliability, or physical discomfort of the method to be used to see saliva through a buckle swab or that the swab would put into the possession of law enforcement authorities a sample from which a wealth of additional, highly personal information could potentially be obtained. Birchfield v. North Dakota, 579 U.S. underscore underscore underscore, 136 S. Court 2160. 2177-2016. The court then excluded counsel from the remainder of the hearing. The court signed the search warrant, concluding that there was, probable cause and more, to believe that defendant committed the crime and was the source of the DNA profile in the vehicle. OCME analyzed defendant's exemplar, compared it to the profile of the primary donor from a mixture taken from the front passenger seat area of the Maxima and concluded that the profiles were the same. In March 2012, defendant was charged by indictment with two counts of murder in the second degree, manslaughter in the first degree and criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. Prior to trial, defendant moved to suppress the DNA evidence. He argued that the court refused to hear from his attorney on the issue of probable cause. Defendant, without the benefit of access to the search warrant application, made the conclusory assertion that the application failed to set forth probable cause that he committed the homicide and failed to articulate how the DNA profile related to the homicide investigation. Despite a second opportunity to do so, defendant directed no argument to the safety, reliability, or physical discomfort of the use of the buckle swab to obtain his DNA, the value of DNA comparative evidence or the adequacy of any applicable restrictions on the use of his DNA sample 
Instead, defendant contested only the first and second requirements set forth in matter of Abey. The court denied the suppression motion, adhering to its conclusion that probable cause had been established to support the issuance of the warrant. At trial, the people sought to introduce a redacted version of a music video in which defendant appeared entitled, Mobbin' Out. The video, which had been uploaded to YouTube on August 25, 2010, depicted defendant rapping about, running up, into a rival crew's, house, and was offered as probative of defendant's motive. Defendant did not contest that he was the person depicted in the video, but argued that the video was inadmissible on the ground that it was not properly authenticated, as the people could not prove when it had been created. The court held that the video was admissible, subject to connection with KG's testimony as to the timing of its creation. KG testified about the murder, including details of defendant's participation. He also related that defendant called him the morning after the shooting to declare that the victim was dead and to invite him to attend the filming of a video later that day. KG did not attend the filming, but believed that the name of the video was, Mobbing Out. He affirmed that the video in evidence accurately represented what he had previously viewed on YouTube and identified, from the video, defendant and the two rear seat passengers who had been in the Maxima at the time of the shooting. He also confirmed that a social media handle that appeared as text on the video was associated with defendant's nickname, J. Smooth, as well as the name of defendant's crew, Y.U.B. Defendant was convicted, upon a jury verdict of manslaughter in the first degree. The jury acquitted defendant of second-degree murder. The appellate division reversed, granted defendant's motion to suppress the DNA evidence and remanded for a new trial, 171 AD 3D 581, 1st Department 2019. The court held that Supreme Court erred in precluding defense counsel from reviewing the search warrant application and in denying counsel the opportunity to be heard on the issue of probable cause. The court rejected the people's argument that Abey requires notice only for the first level of intrusion, seizure of the person, and held that the due process requirement of notice and an opportunity to be heard is likewise required for the subsequent search and seizure of corporeal evidence. The court also held that the people failed to adequately authenticate the YouTube video under People v. Price, 29 NY 3D 472, 2017. A judge of this court granted the people leave to appeal, 33 NY 3D 1069, 2019, and we now reverse. 2. The warrant requirement of the state and federal constitutions, NY Const, Art I, Section 12, U.S. Const, Fourth Amend, is designed to interpose the detached and independent judgment of a neutral magistrate between the interested viewpoint of those engaged in ferreting out crime and potential encroachments on the sanctity and privacy of the individual. People v. Hanlon, 36 NY2D 549, 558, 1975, citing Johnson v. United States, 333 U.S. 10, 13 14, 1948. Search warrant applications are usually based on an ex parte application, by definition not litigated by the parties in the adversarial sense at all. People v. Bilski, 95 NY2D 172. 176, 2000, C. Heller v. New York, 413 U.S. 483, 1973. Corporal Article 690 codifies the constitutional requirements for a search warrant. Corporeal evidence, such as blood or DNA, 
is subject to seizure pursuant to the warrant if there is both reasonable cause to believe that a person has committed an offense and that the specified evidence to be seized tends to demonstrate that the person committed that offense see Corporal 690.104. The neutral magistrate makes this probable cause determination as a matter of course. A defendant may later exercise the right to challenge a search warrant based on lack of probable cause through a pretrial suppression motion, see 95NY2D at 177. The Fourth Amendment's proper function is to constrain, not against all intrusions as such, but against intrusions which are not justified in the circumstances, or which are made in an improper manner, Schmerber v. California, 384 U.S. 757. 768, 1966. In seizing corporeal evidence by a bodily intrusion, we must determine, whether the means and procedures employed in taking the evidence respected relevant Fourth Amendment standards of reasonableness. In matter of A-Bay, we addressed whether a court order to obtain a blood sample from an uncharged suspect in a murder investigation, for purposes of performing a blood typing test, was reasonable under the Fourth Amendment. We first concluded that a search warrant pursuant to Corporal Article 690 was the vehicle to compel a suspect to provide corporeal evidence, and then proceeded to address constitutional concerns arising from a seizure by way of a bodily intrusion. We held that, Fourth Amendment safeguards should be seen as implicated at two discrete levels. These are, first, the, seizure, of the, person, necessary to bring him into contact with government agents and, second, the subsequent search for and seizure of the evidence, 56 NY2D at 295, quoting United States v. Denicio, 410 U.S. 1, 8, 1973. At the first level, a judicial determination of probable cause was required for the initial seizure of the person, except in cases of exigency, see 56 NY2D at 295. We observed that the procedure employed by the people in A Bay, bringing on its original application on notice to the suspect, was no more than is required by such circumstances, citing to cases where there was an adversarial hearing prior to the issuance of the order authorizing the corporeal search, 56 NY2D at 296, citing United States v. Crowder, 543 F2D 312. 316, 1976, surgical removal of bullet, although Abe itself involved a routine blood draw, 56 NY2D at 299. It was in that context that we observed, in the absence of exigency, it is an elementary tenet of due process that the target of the application be afforded the opportunity to be heard in opposition before his or her constitutional right to be left alone may be infringed, 56 NY2D at 296. As to the, second level of our Fourth Amendment inquiry, required when law enforcement presents the courts with a request for a bodily intrusion, we held that there must be a, clear indication that the intrusion will supply substantial probative evidence, but that facts establishing probable cause would likely establish the necessary relevance, 56 NY2D at 297, citing Schmerber, 384 US at 770. Next, the method by which the authorized intrusion is to be accomplished must be safe, reliable and impose no more physical discomfort than is reasonably necessary, and when, the body is to be invaded, the procedure should be carried out by a qualified physician in accordance with accepted medical standards, 56 NY2D at 297-298, citing Schmerber, 384 US at 771-772. 
Finally, we directed the issuing court to consider the circumstances of the particular case, including the value of the potential evidence and alternative, less intrusive, means for obtaining it 56 NY2D at 298. The fundamental Fourth Amendment constitutional protection of a search warrant predicated on probable cause was employed here, narrowing the issue to the crucial factor of the magnitude of the intrusive procedure sought in, on that issue, Maryland v. King, 569 U.S. 435, 2013, is significant. There, the court addressed whether it was unreasonable, in the absence of any exigency, to permit a warrantless buckle swab taken by law enforcement authorities for DNA analysis as part of a routine booking procedure pursuant to state law based on the defendant's arrest for a violent felony. The court noted that even a search for which a warrant is not required must be reasonable, particularly in the scope and manner of execution, 569 U.S. at 448. The court characterized the swabbing procedure as a brief and minimal intrusion that was quick and painless, 569 U.S. at 463, 444. Where the defendant had been validly arrested based on probable cause, his expectations of privacy were not offended by the minor intrusion of a brief swab of his cheeks given the significant state interests in identifying him id. at 465. It further noted that the buckle swab is a far more gentle process than a venipuncture to draw blood, the intrusion in a bay, which also required medical assistance see id. at 446, citing Winston v. Lee, 470 U.S. 753, 760, 1985. Plainly, then, King lays to rest any constitutional concern that the very nature of the bodily intrusion occasioned by a buckle swab would necessitate an ABAY inquiry as to the procedure's safety, reliability and absence of physical discomfort. Conversely, although an intrusion will typically be deemed reasonable once probable cause has been established, there are certain situations, such as surgery, that, implicate expectations of privacy and security of such magnitude that the intrusion may be, unreasonable, even if likely to produce evidence of a crime. Winston, 470 U.S. at 759. To that end, United States v. Crowder, which Abe cited for the proposition that a motion, on notice to the suspect was no more than is required, 56 NY2D at 296, dealt with a substantial bodily intrusion. In Crowder, the court held an adversarial proceeding to determine whether the surgical removal of a bullet from the arm of a murder suspect was reasonable. At that hearing, the court heard testimony from a physician, who opined on the risks of the surgery, including the location of the bullet, its proximity to any nerves in the individual's body and any potential lasting effects, 543 F2D at 314. That hearing was addressed largely, if not solely, to the issue of the potential risks posed by the surgery, a matter beyond the ken of the court and requiring expert medical testimony. Under those circumstances, an adversarial fact-finding hearing on the subject of the manner and method of the intrusion is in keeping with Abe's requirement of a pre-execution opportunity to be heard, as juxtaposed with the demonstration of basic probable cause in the Warren application mandated by the Constitution and Corporal Article 690. Indeed, the critical difference between an ABE application and the ordinary ex-party search warrant application, is the request for a bodily intrusion, which triggers the requirement of notice and an opportunity to be heard. A more invasive intrusion may require a fact-finding hearing as to the personal risks to the suspect if the seizure is authorized.
There is no purpose for such a hearing if the reasonable and minimal nature of the bodily intrusion is well established and the likelihood that the specified evidence seized in that intrusion possesses an acknowledged probative value, particularly in the context of comparative analysis. King is also relevant to another important privacy interest that must be considered when corporeal evidence is sought. As noted, our decision in Abe predated the use of DNA evidence. The blood test at issue in that case, revealed only one bit of information, blood type, and did not, put into the possession of law enforcement authorities a sample from which a wealth of additional, highly personal information could potentially be obtained, Birchfield, 579 US underscore underscore underscore, 136 escort at 2177. As King explained, the DNA profile sought was developed pursuant to national standards from a particular non-coding region of the chromosomes, which, while useful and even dispositive for purposes like identity, does not show more far-reaching and complex characteristics like genetic traits, 569 U.S. at 443. In balancing the legitimate government interest at issue in King with the respondents' reasonable expectations of privacy, the court emphasized that the Maryland statute at issue in the case permitted law enforcement officers to analyze DNA for the sole purpose of generating a unique identifying number against which future samples may be matched, and provided statutory protections that guard against further invasion of privacy, 569 U.S. at 464-465. The court noted that the statute required that, only DNA records that directly related to the identification of individuals could be collected and stored. No purpose other than identification was permissible. A person may not willfully test a DNA sample for information that does not relate to the identification of individuals as specified in this subtitle. The court explained that, a statutory or regulatory duty to avoid unwarranted disclosures generally allays privacy concerns. In that regard, we note that the executive Decision law demands an accredited state laboratory conform to the National DNA Index System in developing the DNA profile from limited loci and imposes a similar duty to maintain the confidentiality of the results of DNA testing to avoid unwarranted disclosures. See Executive Law Sections 995C, 995D, 12 NYCRR 6192.3, B. See also Matter of Sammy F. V. Fabrizio. 176 AD 3D 44, 47, 1st Department 2019. Assuming the applicability of those significant statutory safeguards, there is no need for an adversarial hearing to determine whether the collection of a DNA sample amounts to an unreasonable invasion of privacy in a particular case. The people, of course, always bear the burden of establishing probable cause that defendant committed an offense and that the evidence sought tends to demonstrate defendant's commission of the offense the burden applicable to any ex-party application for a search warrant. Probable cause is reviewed by the neutral magistrate without the need for an adversarial hearing. Consequently, ABA should not be interpreted as creating a mandatory discovery procedure affording defendant access to the supporting affidavit demonstrating the requisite probable cause set forth in Corporal Article 690, as a matter of constitutional law, see People v. Castillo, 80 NY 2D 578. 584, 1992, People v. Liberatori, 79 NY 2D 208, 216, 1992.
This is not to say that a court may not use its discretion to grant discovery in an ABE application in conducting the reasonableness analysis as to probable cause, after balancing, the seriousness of the crime, the importance of the evidence to the investigation and the unavailability of less intrusive means of obtaining it, on the one hand, against concern for the suspect's constitutional right to be free from bodily intrusion on the other, 56 NY2D at 291, but access to that information must first depend on the magnitude of the bodily intrusion sought by the warrant, see King, 569 U.S. at 464, Crowder, 543 F2D 312, 316. It is evident that ABE's requirement of notice and an opportunity to be heard in the pre-execution stage of a warrant authorizing the seizure of evidence by bodily intrusion was satisfied in this case. Defense counsel, having received notice of the hearing on the warrant, was given an opportunity to be heard on the application, other than on the issue of probable cause. Counsel failed to direct any argument to the nature of the intrusion, the value of comparative DNA analysis evidence or the sufficiency of the safeguards preventing unwarranted disclosure of the results of his DNA testing, either at the hearing or in his motion to suppress. Given that, the utility of DNA identification in the criminal justice system is already undisputed. 569 U.S. at 442, defendant could not mount a credible claim that the DNA evidence was unlikely to provide material evidence. The buckle swab, now a simple and common method for securing a convicted defendant's DNA for inclusion in a computerized identification index, see Executive Law Section 995C, is undeniably safe, consists of a minimal intrusion and involves no discomfort. The constitutional role of the neutral magistrate to determine whether probable cause of defendant's commission of the crime and the factual basis for the DNA comparative evidence set forth in the Warren application required no supplemental adversarial process. Thus, the method and procedures employed in taking the saliva undoubtedly respected relevant Fourth Amendment standards of reasonableness and defendants claim that the failure to provide him discovery of the extant probable cause and an adversarial hearing nonetheless warrants the invocation of the exclusionary rule as without constitutional basis. Since defendant received notice and an opportunity to be heard on the nature of the bodily intrusion to be authorized by, and the evidence to be collected under, the warrant in this case, it is not necessary to address the people's arguments that ABE's notice procedure preceding the issuance of a search warrant is no longer required for the minimal intrusion occasioned by a buckle swab or that the notice procedure does not apply to a suspect who is in custody. Supreme Court properly denied the motion to suppress the DNA evidence. 3. The appellate division also concluded that the YouTube video was not properly authenticated under any of the methods cited in People v. Price. In that case, the people sought to introduce a still photograph they found on an internet profile page, which showed the defendant holding a gun, for the purpose of proving that it was the same gun he allegedly used in the charged robbery. Since the people failed to meet their own proposed burden of proof, the witness failed to identify the gun as the one used in the robbery and there was insufficient evidence to establish that the defendant controlled the web page on which the photo was posted. We held that the photo should not have been admitted due to the absence of a proper foundation 29NY3D at 480. However, we also recognized that, the foundation necessary to establish authenticity may differ according to the nature of the evidence sought to be admitted. 29NY3D at 476. Quoting People v. McGee, 49NY2D48, 59, 1979. In the circumstances presented, 
The YouTube video was sufficiently authenticated to demonstrate that the video accurately represented the subject matter depicted. 29NY3D at 477, quoting People v. Burns, 33NY2D343, 347, 1974. The moving picture evidence at issue here is distinguishable in several respects from the still photograph at issue in Price. In addition to the significant fact that defendant did not dispute that he was the individual who appeared in the video reciting certain words, the video contains distinctive identifying characteristics. Particularly, it depicts defendant and two of the other individuals who were in the Maxima during the shooting in similar attire to what they were wearing on the night of the homicide and the background demonstrated that it was evidently filmed in defendant's neighborhood. KG's testimony also provided evidence pertinent to the timing of the making of the video, including defendant's admission of his future intent to make the video the next morning, see People v. James, 93 NY2D 620, 630, 1999, and the video was uploaded to YouTube close in time to the homicide. In addition, the video was introduced for its relevance to defendant's motive related to territorial gang activity, which is not an element of the offense, rather than specifically offered for its truth. This case is very similar to United States v. Petway, 2018 WL 4958962. 2018 U.S. Dyslexis 176848, WDNY, October 15, 2018, wherein the court addressed the authentication of a YouTube video depicting the defendant, who did not dispute that he was the man depicted in the video, rapping about conduct similar to that involved in the crime. Under the circumstances, the court concluded that a witness's testimony as to the source of the video and how it was discovered, and identifying the defendant as the person depicted, was sufficient to allow the jury to conclude that the video was what the government claimed it to be. Petway, 2018 WL 4958962, 6, 2018 US Dyslexis 176848, 19. See also United States v. Washington, 2017 WL 3642112, 2017 U.S. Dyslexis 136220, N.D.I.V., August 24, 2017. In light of its holding, the appellate division did not address defendants' argument that the trial court abused its discretion in determining that the video's probative value outweighed its potential for prejudice. See People v. Brewer, 28NY3D271, 277-2016. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be reversed, defendant's motion to suppress denied, and the case remitted to the appellate division for determination of the facts and issues raised but not determined on appeal to that court. Fahi, J., concurring in result. I share the view of the majority, detailed in section 2 of its opinion, that matter of A. Bay, 56 NY 2D 288, 1982, and the constitutional right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures do not, require that. Prior to a neutral magistrate's issuance of a search warrant to obtain DNA evidence from a suspect's body by buckle swab, the suspect must receive discovery as to the demonstration of the probable cause in the warrant application and an adversarial hearing. Consequently, I agree with the majority that, Supreme Court properly denied the motion to suppress the DNA evidence. I also agree with my dissenting colleagues to the extent they conclude in section 3 of their writing that the YouTube video central to this matter should not have been admitted into evidence because it was not properly authenticated. 
Applying, the traditional test for authentication to this digital recording taken from a social media website. I agree with the dissenters that the jury should not have seen the video because, there was neither testimony from anyone involved in the video's creation, nor was there any expert testimony as to the video's unaltered state. Ultimately, however, I concur in the result because, in my view, the error in admitting the YouTube video into evidence is harmless, see generally people v. Crimins, 36 NY2D 230, 241-242, 1975. The DNA evidence placed defendant in the automobile used to transport the shooter to and from the crime scene, defendant was identified as the shooter by the driver of that vehicle, and surveillance footage from the apartment building in which defendant lived confirmed the narrative of events described by that cooperating witness at trial. To be clear, the majority has upset established precedent in two areas of law. First, the majority has sanctioned the government's ex-party request to remove genetic material from a suspect, without a showing of a risk of flight or destruction of the potential evidence, because the bodily intrusion is, minimal, majority op at 12. This reductive analysis effectively normalizes bodily invasions as routine procedures, untethered from the legitimate needs of law enforcement based on the facts of the case. Second, the majority has eroded our rule of authentication by tolerating evidence without proof of its unaltered state. I would therefore affirm the appellate division's order reversing defendant's conviction and ordering a new trial because he was denied the basic notice and opportunity to be heard in opposition to the state's request to take a sample of his DNA, and the erroneous admission of the unauthenticated video was an abuse of discretion as a matter of law that was not harmless. Order reversed, defendant's motion to suppress denied, and case remitted to the appellate division, first department, for determination of the facts and issues raised but not determined on appeal to that court. Opinion by Chief Judge DiFiori. Judges Stein, Garcia and Feynman concur. Judge Fahey concurs in result in an opinion. Judge Rivera dissents and votes to affirm in an opinion in which Judge Wilson concurs. Decided October 22, 2020.